Well, hello there. Hi. <laughs> Gosh. Um, so yeah, we. Um, it's good to see you one on one. We've run in the same circles now for a number of years, but um, never really uh, engaged one on one. And um, I've been looking forward to to having you on. No thanks, but yes, and uh, finding out a little bit more about you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Oh, that that's great, and I'm glad to hear it. So, who are you? Who am I? Um, I'm Chantel. Uh, my name is Chantel. You, she, her pronouns. Um, I am the executive director of an organization called Peter's Place RVA. I am a person in recovery, um, but more so I'm just a person, you know, uh, I'm a person who lives life and enjoy life. And um, I'm an advocate uh, about a lot of things, but specifically rights for LGBTQIA plus individuals, um, specifically trans identified folks, because I am a I do identify as trans and, you know, and that's just who I am in my life. But, you know, um, and more than just that and, and recovery. And, uh, and I'm glad that I'm able to bring that in spaces that like recovery is just not who I am only it's not mm. the only identity that I hold and honestly I don't want to make that to me I feel like recovery is not an identity it's just a part of my life indeed indeed more than anything you are a person you say you're a person in recovery you are a trans woman you are an ally for lgbtqia plus equity and rights and uh, the executive director of peter's place rva and that is particularly around a housing equity for um lgbtqia plus individuals who are overcoming a chaotic relationship with drugs right. is that right yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Far out. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm glad you're here. So um, we ask everyone, uh, you're a person in recovery, and there are many expressions of what recovery is or what recovery means to people. And I ask everyone, and um, so what, what is recovery? For me, I feel like recovery is uh, my definition of recovery for myself is um, striving to have a, uh, a better quality of life. It's about enhancing my life, becoming a better person, and living a life that's full of quality, love, and care, and fun. I like it. I like it. It sounds like um, it sounds like the human journey. Yeah right on and joining joining that journey in your authentic fashion and uh recovery sounds like a personal experience for you and um i dig it i dig it a lot so tell me tell me a little bit more about um about peter's place yeah so peter's place is a lgbtqia plus specific recovery organization Right now we focus on just recovery housing um, and advocacy work. And um, so within that scope, we do trainings around 
how to support LGBTQIA plus people in recovery, how to make your recovery space more inclusive to this community. And, um, you know, and also a little, we do a lot of things around equity and justice and racism in recovery spaces and how they show up, but also how to work towards building a space that's not grounded in white supremacy, let's just say, right, that, right? you yeah. know, and um, that's kind of who we are and where we're at and we're constantly expanding and growing, but right now, um, most of our work is around housing. Right on, right on. So you're, you're doing the work to create that equitable space to address the white supremacist underpinnings that uh, of of the inequity in this space, but you're also helping other folks to help navigate doing the work as well. Right. Yeah. Um, because you know, for me, when I got into recovery and I wanted to um, have access to housing, there was no access to housing for me and my identity. So in order to have a safe space or what will be considered a safe space um, in recovery, to have that structure, to have that support in recovery housing, I had to leave my personal identities outside of the door. I had to hide who I was. I had to live in spaces that were not built for me but also had to be in harmful spaces where, you know, there was a lot of comments and jokes and things like that about folks who lived in or were a part of this specific community. So yeah. I felt like it was a need for me to build housing, to provide housing um, because I didn't have it. And I didn't want other folks to experience what I experienced, but also just like, um, I was getting uh, calls from folks or meeting folks who were part of the trans community specifically who wanted access to recovery housing and couldn't get that and didn't have access to recovery housing mm. and didn't have a place that would take them because of their identity. Um, and I just got tired of that. And it was like, well, these people are not going to do it. Then someone has to do it. <laughs> someone has to do it. Mm. It, uh, not having a safe space to live in early um, recovery is 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 an added challenge that simply uh, should not exist. Having having unsafe space, you um, successfully navigated that. Whether it is through through some outside support you had or some innate resilience, but you feel called to. Um, not having to have folks fall in those same pitfalls that, that you had to navigate. I, I think that's, that's beautiful. You've sounds like you've found a lot of purpose in your life right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people need um, access to sustainable housing, right? Regardless if they're in recovery or not, that everyone let, let's let's back that up. They don't need, they deserve to have sustainable housing. Right on. Everyone deserves to have safe housing, right? And um, how can you expect me to focus on my recovery, to focus on bettering my, my quality of life, having a better quality of life? How can you expect me to do all these things that are, are expected of folks when they're first getting into recovery? If I have to worry about where I'm gonna gonna sleep tonight, um, if I don't have a warm place to 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 stay, 
if I don't have a house to live in, or if I have to go live in a place that I feel uncomfortable living in or unsafe living in, right? I can't like worry about every, like doing all these other things and I don't have a place to live, right? I believe in the housing first model. Mm. Um, I believe in you house people first and then you work on other things, right? Because someone can't be successful in all these other things. They can't worry about like going to a recovery meeting or going to a therapy appointment or going to IOP when they're, they're constantly sitting here worried about where my next meal is going to come from. Like, how am I going to, where I'm going to sleep at tonight? Um, how can I take a shower? How can I do these things? Right. When you have all these things going on in your life and you have to worry about those things, there's no way I'm going to focus on going to a recovery meeting or how to not drink tonight or how to not use the drugs right now. I'm trying to worry about like where my next meal is coming from. So I believe in housing people, get them, getting them the basic needs that they, they need. So at least a, some of that stress can be taken off of them yes. and then kind of work towards doing these other things. That makes so much sense. And it is some best practice that is being embraced in areas uh, not fully embraced. We have a bias against um, that I was complicit in that system, uh, coming from a place of privilege where I, though I had high problem severity and high problem complexity in my early recovery, I did not have the added burdens of, of housing insecurity or lack of transportation or lack of familial or community support or the added layers of uh, the color of my skin or, or, or my gender identity. Yet I became a clinician who uttered the phrase, well, if I can do it, you can do it. So why don't you just come and do it? And um, it's a point of clinical humility to, to acknowledge that, but also to try and promote the work to, to get that changed. And I very much support housing first and, and, and equitable uh, housing first and acknowledging the added layers of, of, of barriers that very diverse people face. And we've, we've had a one treatment size fits all and one recovery definition fits all for so long in this country. And you have been an important voice and at times maybe even considered a gadfly by some folks. Yeah, keep reminding them that we're not there yet. And, and uh, I've, I've dug that the most. You've, you've, uh, you've done something that I learned from the first time I met Tom Hill. He said, comfort the disturb and disturb the comfortable. And I think that that's something you do in good practice. Awesome. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, so, uh, what uh, you talked about, Peter's Place, and, and folks can find that on social media. They can find a website. It is housing, but it is also uh, technical assistance as well. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a lot of training uh, uh, around like equity and justice and different things like that and inclusion. Um, yeah, and housing. Um, housing specifically for the LGBTQ community um, who are seeking recovery support. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. We're seeing, um, 
my last guess, her, her, her name is Gypsy Schlosser. And uh, they have, uh, she's part of, of um, tour management that is particularly supportive of uh, LGBTQIA plus artistry. And, and so a recognition of the need of, of um, creating space or, or holding space or supportive space or recognizing um, the needs of, of those individuals. And so we're seeing, seeing that everywhere. And I'm glad to see it in housing. Um, so I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> what, what, kind of, what kind of music do you dig? Oh, good question. So I am one of those individuals who, when I say I like all types of music, I, I, I truly do. Um, um, I don't really vibe with country or bluegrass. That's just not my thing. So yeah, I'm not going to say like, oh, I like these things. But you know, um, on a regular day, um, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Um, I, I love hip hop. I just, it's just natural to me. It's, it, it just feels natural to me. My soul loves it. Uh, so I listen to a lot of hip hop, but you know, sometimes I do have some other music that I throw into the mix. And usually like um, when I'm riding in a car and I have my little like playlist going, it's so many different genres of music just popping up and whatever feels good to my soul that day is what I listen to. Mm. But I, I, my, my soul always resonates with hip hop. Right on, right on. Um, I think music is good medicine. I think music ought to be part of everyone's life. <laughs> I don't want to impose it on folks, but uh, it, it's been part of my recovery from, from the get-go and part of my life. Cool. So um, the music question, but what do you... Um, no Thanks But Yes uh, features chill conversations with splendid people who have overcome a chaotic relationship with substances via many pathways. But what we also, we, I say we, I, but what I also like to do is I like to show, um, you know, the joys of, of living in recovery and that is, that it's not always a trudge that, um, we're out there having fun. And we see a lot more of that on social media now. Um, where, um, tell me some, if you care to, some about the joy of your life. What do you do for fun? <laughs> oh, the joys of my life. What is fun these days, right? Like, gosh, right. I wish I knew how to have fun. Uh, um, you know, stay so busy with like running this organization and doing these things that like, gosh, what is fun? And also you throw the pandemic on top of it. It's just like... But no, um, things that I do for fun. So like something I have written, I have gotten into a lot recently was uh, playing video games, right? Going back to that and just enjoying it. Uh, um, I'm really enjoying playing my Nintendo Switch, uh, Mario, like Mario Kart, Mario, Mario pa um, Party and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, also like basketball, like sports. So like um, I play a lot of like well, not a lot. I'm not going to act like I'm really good or I'm expert in this, but, you know, I enjoy playing like 2K and things like that, right? I'm um, really allowing myself to to just be in the moment and play some video games and just chill. To me right now, that's fun. Like um, being able to do something, being able to enjoy, enjoy something, but also not put myself at risk for like, you know, the current pandemic and things. So just right chilling in the house playing video games and watching. Uh, 
mindless stuff on TV. Oh yeah. No. Hey man, I dig it. And I don't beat myself up over it. Um, rediscovering new shows all the time and, um, started the, this podcast as, as part of pandemic, you know, joy and how do I express myself creatively and how do I continue to, to meet with people going to more, um, diverse mutual support meetings you know all recovery meetings harm reduction works is a new one i'm really been digging on um going to and uh we've got this outfit out of western north carolina called seek healing and you should check them out um yeah we, we have some you know connection meetings that are really groovy so trying to stay connected with people I've been eating a lot though too. And that's been it's been medicine and it's been joyful, but you know, I'm trying not to beat myself <laughs> over over that. Yeah. You know, but it's um yeah. But we're humans, right? Like <laughs> we can't beat ourselves up for being human and enjoying things or finding yes. pleasure and stuff, right? That normally we might not, because we're also experiencing a pandemic and yes. experiencing um continuous trauma and you know it's be it's okay it's okay to be kind to yourself and to allow yourself to experience things and not say like oh my god like normally don't do this or this is a problem it's like it's here and it's working today and it's being in the moment and allow yeah. it to work first of all we're human and then and that's how you started this that's a great callback and uh, i love it um so I want to I want to get back to um, barriers and, and inequity experienced by various groups of individuals, but particularly LGBTQIA plus individuals and youth. Um, why do you think that that these barriers exist, Chantel? Oof. So first of all, I think barriers exist because of lack of education, a lack of knowledge, fear, fear of the unknown, fear of people who don't look like you, fear of people who don't see the world like you, who don't identify with the things that you do, right? We, we fear um, things outside of our normal lives. Um, and also, I think, you know, a lot of those barriers exists um, out of folks wanting to have power, mm. right? Uh, positions of power. Um, if I can put a barrier in place to keep you in a certain place, but it's gonna give me a lot more privilege to, to have power, success, financial stability, then like, you know, in some cases from some folks that, that that's the way to go, right? Mm. Um, and the barriers go on and on. So some of the barriers are a lack of access to, to things that people take for granted, like access to a bathroom, right? Um, that's a barrier. And that's a barrier for a lot of folks in this community, having access to a bathroom in public spaces, right? Out of fear, out of fear of a lot of things, right? Um, having um, access to housing, to safe, secure housing, right? Um, you know, there's a fear of, for some folks, even going into homeless shelters because of the rules and the regulations and where they will place people and put people, put them in a harm's way. And um, folks are scared. Like, if I have to choose between trying to find somewhere to sleep on the street that I won't be harmed, then going into a shelter 
where I know that I probably stand a chance to either being physically or sexually abused in that space, I'm going to live on the streets. Um, so there's barriers to housing and stuff like that, barriers to medical care. Um, a lot of individuals don't understand. A lot of individuals are not knowledgeable enough to treat folks with different mm -hmm. um, identities and what they are used to. And, and some just don't care to. And there's a lot of discrimination, you know, um, lack of access to jobs, um, you know, um, discrimination around being hired, uh, um, discrimination around um, just accepting people for who they are and respecting them for who they are, mm -hmm. um, lack of access to higher education. Because as we know, there's a lot of barriers in place for, for marginalized folks and for folks from poor communities or lower income families or communities to actually access uh, higher education. And the barriers just go on and on and on, right? Indeed. Um, and and it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that like we are where we're at um, in 2022. That, you know, um, folks are still battling to just have the basic rights as other folks. Yeah. Barriers to the basic rights that other folks um, take for granted uh, throughout the entire spectrum of our life. And for speaking of uh, substance, mental and substance use issues in particular, uh, treatment initiation, recovery maintenance, recovery housing, thriving in recovery, getting a job, going to school, everything, bathroom, safety, and at its root, um, fear. Fear of uh, who is different, that which is different, and some motive of the retention of power and privilege. Mm, yes. Wow. You, you, you um, painted a very clear picture of, of, uh, of, uh, of the barriers and, and philosophically what is at the root of these barriers. Um, sounds like there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to dismantle those lack of education education needs to happen uh power and privilege sounds like there's a lot of people in power and privilege that need to uh admit that they possess power and privilege and um and and then the the, the creation of additional resources um for folks that's a lot I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a lot of work. And oftentimes we'll see that work placed squarely on you. Right. <laughs> you, you do yeah. the work, you educate yeah. me, you, you yeah. create the resources. And, uh, you know, advocacy is a marathon, not a sprint. Right. Um, this is personal, but, you know, self-care is, is a, um, is an individual thing. I did ask you about what you do for fun, right. mm -hmm. but, you know, from a self-care lens, you know, how, how do you, uh, how do you yeah. stay in the fight, Chantel? Good question. Uh, so for me, right. When I look at the, the idea of what self-care is and what that looks like and, how to explore that and to take care of myself, right? When I think about care or self-care, I'm thinking about caring for myself, right? In whatever manner that is. And for me, um, self-care, uh, it's not about, and that's just me personally, it's not about like 
you know, taking free time to go set out in a beautiful garden and read a book or, you know, um, doing all these things, uh, meditating for an hour or, or going to like, those things are cool and they work and they help me sometimes. But like for me, self-care is more so, uh, you know, taking care of myself in the aspect to making sure that, uh, that, that, that um, my life is good, right? So mm-hmm. self-care for me is making sure that I wash my clothes on Sunday so that Monday I'm not like um, waking up in, in this like, like frantic um, state because I don't have what I need and I'm stressed out and I have to be somewhere un, uh, at a certain time and, and all these things just piling up to, to make me upset or stress me out, right? It's about um, telling myself, you know, you know, take that time to um, to go and clean your car out so you're not freaking out when you go on this trip and your car is a complete mess and, and it's going to stress you out, right? It's about doing things to alleviate some stress in my life, right? Um, it's telling myself to, you know, you have a little bit of free time. Why not clean your house so that at the end of this week when you're just completely busy, you're not freaking out or stressed out because your space is not clean because that stresses me out to be in an unclean space or a cluttered space, right? So for me, self-care is like doing things I need to do to care for my my well-being as far as my mental health and things like that, but also alleviating things in my life that I'm not stressing myself out even even more than what I already am. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant and it's practical and it's universal for folks, you know, it um, control that which we can control, not deliberately create chaos or drama that we have some control over. Man, I can so relate to the peace that a, that a, that an organized space or a closet full of folded clothes and a drawer full of warm socks. That's no, that's great. Thank you. And um, along with meditating by the river. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's great. You know, know, things like that are good. And, you know, those things do help. And God, they relax me. And sometimes it's just, yeah, going to get my nails and stuff done because those things make me feel good about myself and it gives me time to relax and stuff. But also, I know sometimes it's just, you know, going to that therapy appointment. So, you know, I can... I can feel good the next day or yeah. just I'm in, I'm in a good space now, but let's go to this therapy appointment. So next week when I'm not in a good space, I have those tools there to help me through it. Right. That's self-care investment. You're in, yeah. you're investing in next week, <laughs> man, uh, Chantel, that it, um, that's solid. And honestly, that I, I, I've asked everyone, you know, about, about wellness and, um, uh, no one has has said that yet, and uh, I think this is the the advice that has resonated most with me. And so mm. you you've helped me. I'm gonna probably, hopefully, you know, in the moment maybe I won't, and I'll you know hopefully you know won't pay the dues too bad next week, but <laughs> we'll try. Well, we we've talked about uh, you know kind of how we met and who you are and what recovery is to you, what you're passionate about, what you do for fun. And um, we, I always uh, end with some kind of, uh, you know, message 
if 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 you're up for it, you've already sent lots of messages that in and of themselves are succinct and clear and calls to action. But um, do you have a message that you want to leave folks with? Um, mm. The millions of viewers of this. <laughs> <laughs> My message is uh, to be kind to folks, to be kind to yourself. Um, show up for people. Um, if you're going to do something, do it. If you, if you, if you say that I'm going to stand by something, stand by it. Action, action means a lot more than words. Uh, and just be gentle with yourself. We all make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes sometimes and you're going to mess up, but it's what you do after that mistake happens that what really counts and matters and just be to be gentle with yourself because you know no one's perfect and we're going to mess up and allow yourself the grace to mess up and to learn and change right on right on back to the back to the human experience we're right. humans allow yourself to be human be gentle with yourself be kind show up right i love it i love it great message well, thank you so much um, for joining me, and, and I hope that uh, that we won't be strangers for sure. Not at all. Cool, cool, cool. cool.